0: You are listening to Kilometer Zero by the Cycling Podcast, powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Yeah, sorry, this has got to be uh, the greatest day of my life. Literally can't breathe right now. Uh, Holy cow. I've never been so close to anything so beautiful in my entire life. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, now we wait for the grappetto. God. That's. That's unbelievable. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, Kaylee.
1: Can't be on your podcast. I'm not on your podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the greatest day of my life. <laughs> Just now. Yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty. My good. chest hurts. I can't there's, breathe. There's nothing like it. My can't breathe. It's like being an inch. It's like being an inch away. It's like. It's like staring at the sun.
1: I got big.
0: And that was a. Uh, French fan likes Garrett Thomas very much. <laughs> <laughs> <Garrett> Thomas <sighs> uh, Yeah, being an inch away from the thing that we love is uh Yeah, my chest still hurts and my heart beating unbelievably fast. And my head is light and my eyes are wide. And it's not over, here comes the gruppetto. And you just get to experience it in waves over and over and over again. And then you have the same moment as you had before where it's like, I talk to them, I've seen them, I know them. And there they are in their element suffering. But this time there's a glory in it and it's not all just pain. It's, uh... Yeah. Yeah, I feel like so many things. Hold on, uh... Yeah I've never loved anything like that. That's that's that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a fuller group I do that's uh Oh so they've been like dropped dropped I guess. <laughs> 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 yeah he, Marco Holler just passed by looking absolutely miserable probably the most miserable sort I've ever seen in my life I'm making a lot of hyperboles today but I'm serious when I say this is probably like the greatest five minutes of my entire life that part was true that part's true Thomas DeGent faces his foe one more time. He won here. Yeah, he won in 2018. We always forget that because somebody had to go running. Which you can uh, hear about on Kilometer Zero. Yeah, there they go. Fast. They go so fast. They go the so f- <laughs> <laughs> huh? That's the brake? Yeah, yeah, the brake is uh I wonder if Wilde is still there. If he is, chapeau, you know. He must be yeah, because the Yombo car is still there. Oh there he is. Holy shit. listening to Kilometer Zero by The Cycling Podcast, powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. Go to supersapiens.com for more on how to track your
1: energy levels and fuel for success. Hi everyone, I'm Sam Brand and I'm a professional cyclist with Team Nova Nordisk, uh, the world's first all-diabetes professional cycling team. I like to make diabetes my positive, my push. I use my experience with diabetes my experience of how my blood sugars will react to certain situations i use that in the race i know in advance usually what's going to happen because of the way i've built up this sort of memory of situations in the past and obviously having the use of uh, continuous glucose monitors now and being able to see live what my blood sugars are doing if you put me and someone who doesn't have diabetes on the bike we're both going to need to refuel i know potentially before that person that I need to refuel so I like to always be proactive with my refueling there's not been any situations touch wood you know where I've had to do anything drastic it's just for me as a continuous uh, making sure that I'm on top of it making sure that I'm fueling constantly and that's the same for type 1 diabetes or not you know you're gonna have to continue to keep fueling there are times in the race where I'll have to make adjustments but the more I can stay on top of it the better it is and the more I can be proactive and less reactive, that's even better.
0: This is Kate for the Cycling Podcast, recording a quick audio diary on today. Today is July 10th. We just uh, completed the first of our Pyrenean stages from Carcassonne to Kion. Uh, it was a pretty exciting stage today. Michael Woods and uh, Guillaume Martin and Wout Poles all in a breakaway, only for Balcom Alamo to barnstorm it to victory. In the way that he he does when he doesn't have a mechanical problem, as he did this one that one time that was really famous, what we don't talk about, uh, it's a meme. So yeah, staying in a hotel with now back with Richard and Francois, uh, which okay, I guess I haven't done a hotel update in a while, so maybe I should do that. Hotel updates. Uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. So I stayed in some kind of shitty hotels. The hotel I stayed in. I stayed in a Kyriad, which was like, they call it a three-star hotel, but truly was a two-star hotel. Uh, definitely like creepy crawlies. Uh, everything was dated. Taking a shower was like a little complicated. The, then there was a two-star hotel that I went to, which was worse, yet somehow I'm always so tired at night that I can always fall asleep regardless, which is tr- a true testament to my fortitude in the face of pestilence. And so now, yeah, I can't remember. I think maybe there was another hotel I was staying in before. Like, not the last audio Diary that I did. Uh, But I think there was one in between that I truly just, like, cannot recall for the life of me. Oh, yeah, there was, like, it was the Apart Hotel. No, I already talked about that one. Yeah, sorry. The days are all kind of blurring together, as they say. It's a cliche, but it is kind of true. Uh, so today was good. Good stage. In- Intentioning to watch. It uh, almost felt like a replica of stage eight. Uh, all we needed was a, a grand Pagacha attack uh, to seal the deal, but he stayed put. And it was nice to see some of his teammates trying to close the race down. They're getting better at adapting to this role of like team leaders. Where they have to close things down. Where they have to, like, ride strategically. Where they can't just let guys like Guillaume Martin, like, escape. Which was truly kind of a failure on their part. But at the same time, they got better and better at locking things down. And finally, the stage settled and we could have, like, a proper race. And I talked today. I went to the mix zone. Uh, I didn't go in the morning. I skipped the first, so we got there pretty early. I skipped the start. Uh, Went to... (laughs) Because I was riding with Kaylee Fretz from Cycling Tips, and he had to pick up a colleague, and that colleague had to stuff a bike in the back of his car, and that was, like, truly an ordeal. And then we went to the finish, and I got some work done doing transcripts of my conversation on the rest day with Edith And then, yeah, so I'm trying to just think. Uh, I talked to... Matej Moho today at the end, which I think you'll hear on the cycling podcast and I think I think every journalist has like writers they're like kind of friends with, not you know close friends there's always a critical distance but you know are friendly with. Uh, sometimes like if the writers were writers at one point uh, then like or they still ride and they live in places like there you have guys who they ride with or they're friends with or They've known for a long time, etc. cetera. Um, there's still always, like, a distance. There's still a fence between you and them. Like, quite literally and figuratively. So, but I'm quite chuffed by uh, today. Uh, I'm quite chuffed by the Twitter friends. This is the point at which everyone thought that I would be like, oh, I'm so ready to go home, I'm so tired. It's like, no, 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 no. I truly have a rabbit's appetite for running. And... I'm not done running yet, so that's, uh, oh yeah, this hotel that I'm staying in, lovely, smells like uh, peppermint everywhere, I think it's peppermint, perhaps it's something else. All the the quilt is like hand embroidered, which is kind of cool, the wall of stone, we're right beneath the foot of the mountains, my view is towards the street, but I'm not complaining because I'm staying with Richard and Francois again instead of in a Campanile, Uh, The view from the street is also cute. So, yeah. I guess this is a rather chipper Audio Diary update. Usually my Audio Diary updates are like, Oh, I saw the boy and it made me cry. Or it's like, Oh, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Or it's like, Oh, Brumus Runglich. But now it's like, uh, actually having a pretty good time. Got my work done. Gonna have dinner. Yes. Read some good books. Except for I read uh Jonathan Framson's like little book on climate change, so, like what if we stop pretending, which I disagree with vehemently. I think he's a cynical old fart about it and his derision towards young people in the interview at the end is truly uh, offensive to me as if so it acts he acts as though social norms don't change uh with generations, which they absolutely do. So Yeah, sorry, I, like, can't take anyone seriously who thinks that, like, guys who drive pickup trucks are the reason for the climate crisis instead of, like, oil companies. That's my take on that. And now I'm reading some short stories about sad Americans. So. That's it. I'm pacing. Good night. Hello, this is Kate Wagner for the Cycling Podcast, Uh, my final audio diary for the Tour de France. Uh, A while ago, I guess, in my first audio diary, I said that I didn't think I would hate this by the end of it. And to be honest, I'm tired. But that's because I haven't slept too well lately. And that's because there's been something that's been making me anxious, but I don't feel like going into it here, even though it's uh, related. We're entitled to our secrets sometimes. It's uh, cold and rainy here at the finish in saint lary soulon And when it's cold and rainy like this, I uh, think about architecture. It's like a habit I've had since I was in high school. Especially when I'm listening to minimalist music, which I am now, in one ear, the race in the other. Uh I think about modern architecture specifically, which looks its worst in the rain. It's like it's most austere, unwelcoming, and yet it's most honest, its flaws exposed to the trickling of water, the patina of exposed age reminding us that nothing stays modern forever. But I love modern architecture best in this condition, this honest condition. The rain makes us remember that despite all our technological advances, we are still at the mercy of the earth. probably makes the writers remember this, too. We can't change it. We just kind of, like, submit to it. And it reveals things about us. For me and others, it reveals a certain tenacity because regardless of the weather, every day I fall in love with being here still. And I say fall in love because it's irrational like that. Because even though I'm behind on my deadlines, even though I can't get clothes reliably, even though I'm starting to become frayed at the edges, that tumultuous thumping in the stomach remains. Some days I can't muster much that's productive. Some days I just want to read a book and be taken into someone else's life. Some days I just... (sighs) Yeah. Every day, however, I want to be in their presence even though it becomes increasingly normal now but not when you think about it it's the proximity that keeps me going i suppose as weird as that may be i'm chasing something some kind of understanding of them their condition what drives them to do this of me too maybe Uh, there are things that i want to talk about here that i probably shouldn't i won't All I want, however, now, is to go to the Vuelta. To do this all over again, somewhere else. Whether I'm successful at this job is dependent on whether I can finish the pieces i promised by the time I've promised them, which I know I can, and if it weren't for all the time in the car, I'd probably be done already. And the pieces are about stages that have already happened. Which is difficult to write about, as the race keeps going, and takes you with it. It does that. It carries you away from any kind of temporary stability. It captures your heart and smashes it sometimes, like mercilessly. Worse than any schoolgirl crush, worse than any quotidian adult disappointment. But sometimes it makes you feel like you're soaring above the world, a ragged eagle above a foul field, solipsistic, a right proper case of main character syndrome, as the kids say. Self aware, mindful of one's circumstances. You're always traveling, which is great when you have a certain kind of ceaseless personality, which I do. This race is over, and that, barring a tragedy no one would wish on such a person, Tade Pagacha has won. And he sits every day amused as the subject of his boy king, Fythedom. Fight for the scraps, the special jerseys, the stage wins, the podium places. The top ten. His job is done. Still. Looking back, some of the wins have been beautiful truly. Mohorich, Van Art, Vanderpool, Philippe, Cavendish, Resplendent, to name a few. There are more, of course, but those are my favorites. Mohoric because he won when winning in the break was still interesting. Because his wins are always brilliant and impeccably executed, because there were tears shit on the finish line, which, you know, always breaks my heart. Van Art because it was Von Two, and it, literally anyone else should have won that day. Because it felt like revenge for all that had gone wrong that first week. Vanderpool in the yellow jersey for his grandfather. Later fighting off Pogacha just to show that someone still could. But they're more alike than different. Not really opponents as much as analogues. Their same instincts simply come in different packages. Alphaly, <sighs> because it lit everything up like a spark at the very beginning, because it made us believe that every stage would sparkle like that, which was nice until it wasn't. The sparkles turned into a flame. Cavendish, because we all deserve second chances, as banal as that sounds. Sometimes I feel like I'm still processing that first week, that I haven't really been carried over into the present. The race on the television feels like a different one, one with fewer consequences. For the writers, I become a little close with some of them, but there's always a distance that shouldn't be bridged, and that distance is one we all want to secretly stitch up to mix metaphors. A colleague of mine said, It's fine. We're not war correspondents. This isn't Deep Throat. Again, mixed metaphors. Every journalist has a subject that they're close to, which is sometimes different than the ones they're fond of. Sometimes there are those we feel special kinship with, get along with better, find ourselves looking for, waiting for, because their company is pleasant and we are honored by it. Some are just athletes doing a sport. (laughs) Some are Tati Pagacha who exists without us. I miss him in white. As we all know, I keep a diary on my newsletter, derailleur.net where I write every once in a while about my experiences here on the tour. There's a bit from the newsletter about Mont Ventoux that I'd like to read here only because I recorded an audio diary entry on the mountain itself, and this text makes a kind of nice accompaniment. It's uproar. It's chaos. Everyone is screaming. I'm screaming, alley, 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 like it's a tribal chant, like my lungs are filled with the words, and my brain, lacking oxygen, commits them to them utterly... When the peloton arrives a few minutes behind, I watch them charge up the hill like a band of horses, unleashed, uncontained, but organized. Their face is one of absolute stone-cold concentration as they navigate through us. I pick out Jonas Fingergold first in the white jersey, blue eyes tilted up towards the summit, and I shout "Allé, Jonas as it's only polite to cheer for the first one you see. As part of the spectator wave, I step back for them. i a wash with the sounds of back wheels and screaming and horns blaring. And then, there he is, Tade Pagacha, the yellow jersey, inches from me, centimeters. Gone in a flash, but there for a moment. Unprotected by comms guys and team managers and the ASO's bodyguards. He's in his element, doing what it is he's devoted himself to. So close I could touch him. So close I can feel the heat from his body and the bodies of those around him. They move slow enough to comprehend, and yet, inconceivably quickly, given the incline, they are gone. This captures actually what cycling is. This is why being here matters, why riders go to all this trouble. This is what you can't get at home on your kitchen on a laptop screen. This is what makes everything worth it, all the shitty petit déjeuners and long transfers and impossible deadlines. As long as there's this, there's a reason to continue, because that's how addiction works. And I'm its victim. I'm in its clutches, totally. There's still another five days. Too much and not enough. There will be no normal to return to after this, for this is the only normal I want. This is the only life I desire.